What's going on, Ron? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. You ready to get this thing started? Yeah, man. All right. Well, All good right. everybody. Good David Johnson. Welcome to the latest David Johnson Sports Podcast Show. On the line right now, I got Ron Angers, um, writer with ESPN, Lakers Show Live. How's it going, Ron? Doing okay, man. How you How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Um, obviously, it's Lakers season around the corner. So give us your expectations for the Lakers season. Um, obviously, it's not going to be uh, what Vegas says. Um, it's going to be a little bit more from what uh, ESPN.com, the uh, the projections that they had. Um, Vegas has the Lakers winning the title. Uh, they're odds-on favorites to win over every, anybody else in the NBA. Um, ESPN.com has them fifth in the West. And I think it's a little bit more like that because um, this is a new team, uh, new coaching staff. Everybody has to get their stuff together. Um, LeBron James is coming off an injury. Um, same thing with Anthony Davis was with his knickknack injuries last year. There's just too many questions right now. You don't, we don't know the um, defensive uh, strategies. There's no offensive system that we know about yet. Uh, Boogie Cousins going down. There's just too many questions going on right now. I think that we need to really temper – expectations of just thinking that, hey, we're going to roll the ball out. LeBron James and uh, Anthony Davis is going to lead us because after um, you have um, you have Anthony Davis, you have LeBron James, you got those two. Kyle Kuzma will be coming in. They're counting on him to be the third guy, but you got to think of something right here. He's been playing. He's going to be playing in the world championships and that's wear and tear on the body. And you're going, and you're talking about going into a season that uh, everybody expects you to go to June. He's going to be a question mark as well. So I think everybody needs to really just sit back. Let's see what happens over the first twenty to twenty-five games before we really know what this team is like. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Ron. Because in the, as the NBA, we all these ESPN people are putting out like records and what predictions and stuff. Like for me, I'd like to play championship this year against the Boston Celtics. But I could say that every day. Lakers going to win. That will prove it. You got to put in the work and prove it. You know what I mean? To understand where you're coming from. To that is what talking about. And also, we need to understand something else, too. Um, the way we have to see how the not only the not only the, team, the players and themselves, we're talking about the coaching staff. Um there's been some question marks with uh, Frank Vogel being the uh, third choice when uh, Ty Lue uh, ended up uh, passing on the job when they offered him only a three-year deal. Uh, Monty Williams turns turns down the turns down the job as well. He tends up to be the third choice. Um, he may be the right choice. You know something? Who knows? But bringing in Jason Kidd uh, with his history, uh, Lionel Hollins. Uh, the coaching staff has some questions, but I think they really um, clean things up a little bit better. Bringing in Phil Handy, Phil Handy is an outstanding assistant coach. He's supposed to be the lead assistant. I think he's somebody that um, LeBron James feels comfortable with. He can hold LeBron James accountable. Uh, Lionel Hollins is old school as well. I got a feeling that with those two guys, if they can uh, can circle the wagons with Frank Vogel, and if Jason Kidd can buy in and not get power hungry. You got to remember he did it in Brooklyn. He did the same thing in uh, Milwaukee. He has a, he has a history of falling out of favor with franchises. 
if that uh, if we can get get to the point that um, the Lakers coaching staff can come together, get a system, and hold those stars and veterans accountable, maybe they have an opportunity to go deep into the playoffs. Because as you can see with the Clippers, you see they look so stable with the um, with their hires with Jerry West, Lawrence, Lawrence Frank in the front office. They just brought in Ty Lue to um to back up Doc Rivers. It's just like they have a plan and an agenda for every move that they make. There's just too many questions with what the Lakers are doing right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then I kind of agree with that. Because, like you said, the Clippers have a great brand, Jerry West, Doc Rivers, and Lakers have Rob Polinka, Jeannie Buss, Linda Ramsey. But for me, I have faith in the front office tremendously. Not because she took a picture of me. I like her fans of that. And they oh, you're only saying that because you took a picture. No, I, she's a very smart, but very smart, which she does very, very business-like. She's very passionate about her life, trying to get back to winning championships, just like her father. Well, uh, I remember saying something in the comment section. I mean, some, I mean, Laker fans can be uh, brutal at times, uh, something that I've learned over the past year, right, covering the team for uh, fansided.com, Late Show Life. But um, you can't be stupid mm-hmm. and run a $4 billion company. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't happen. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So this is obviously a very smart lady. But it's going to be very important for her to – get this franchise turned around and get them into the playoffs. I mean, the problem with the Lakers right now is ever since Dr. Jerry Bruss died, may he rest in peace, mm-hmm. and he passed on, the Lakers have been on a downward spiral ever since. And that's where the problem is. They have got to get to the playoffs. Last year, it was believed that they might have turned the corner. Were they going to win the title last year? No. They weren't going to. They weren't good enough. Everybody understood that. But there's no reason why this team shouldn't have been in the playoffs last year. A 37 and 45 record last year is just not acceptable. I mean, people saying LeBron James missed 17 games last year. I mean, okay, that's fine. But the games that he did play in, the Lakers were under 500. So, and the defense was not, uh, was just, let's just call it what it is. It was terrible. So this year, is the year they blew up the squad they mortgaged their free future gambling saying hey we're gonna we're gonna trade Lonzo Ball we're gonna trade Brandon Ingram we're gonna trade Josh Hart we're gonna trade the first round pick we're gonna bring Anthony Davis into the fold team him up with LeBron James and say hey and then uh fill out the roster they they made a run for Kawhi Leonard didn't work out fine but they fill up the fill out the roster with um with capable veterans I mean, I think they took a major hit with um, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, shout out to him because, you know, some, that's one of the worst. That's It's just amazing. It's just amazing how his career, how his body has just failed him in the last couple of years, 18, 18, 19 months. It's just really, I really hope we help speedy recovery to him. But I think Rob Palenka did a good job of getting, getting the um, – a backup plan for for um, Kawhi Leonard not signing. So they're going to have to make this run, and it's going to have to be a strong run as well, Jonathan. It can't be you make it to the playoffs and you lose in the first round. 
Mm-hmm. You can't be losing in the conference semis. They're going to have to make it to the conference finals. And if they make it to the conference finals, they can't go to the Clippers, play play the Clippers, and then lose. And then the Clippers go to the finals. It can't be that way. They're going to have to win. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ex- expectations on this team. And based on what, based on what LeBron, LeBron got what he wanted. I mean, the Lakers got what they wanted. Okay. Watch what you wish for. Now we get to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Um, uh, this franchise is all about winning in a sense of we have a history of winning. So our expectations are through the roof. I know for us fans, we have to understand that if we do not win a champion this year, it's a complete failure. Let me ask you this, LeBron. If LeBron does not win a ring in his 10 in time in LA, do you think that would be a big failure on LeBron's career? Uh, yes. Yes, it will. Because, see, you just said it. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are about chips mm-hmm. with dip. They got 16 titles. Mm-hmm. They want 17. Yep. Icons play for the Los Angeles Lakers. We can go all the way back to the Mike and days, the first superstar of the NBA. Kareem, Shaq, Will, Jerry West, Gail Goodrich. I mean, the list goes on and on. Kobe, Shaq, Magic, Kareem. All of these players won championships. The only superstar that did not win a championship was Elgin Baylor. And even then, he retired the year, in the preseason, the year before they won the title. So when they won the the 69 games and had that long winning streak, I think it was 33 games. So they have to – If this will be a stain. If he doesn't get this done – Will it will it mess up his entire legacy and his entire career? No, but he will be remembered for two things on his resume that was that he's going to regret. One, the decision when he went down to Miami didn't work out. But if he goes to L.A. and does not win a title, it's going to be something that's going to haunt him going forward. That I can say. Yeah, I. That's truly valid, man. Because, like you said, Elgin Baylor was the only Laker that had to win a championship. And two Lakers, Elgin Baylor was there back in the day. And if LeBron doesn't win the ring in LA, he can play a complete failure on his career, and and that would be a complete failure on the Lakers as well. Not just absolutely, the Lakers. absolutely, absolutely. Because you got to understand something, Doctor Jerry Buss set the blueprint for not only excellence of the Los Angeles Lakers, but entertainment mm-hmm. with Magic Johnson and and they put Showtime together. Pat Riley with the slick back hair. I, mean, I remember uh, Byron Scott on the on the wing dunking on people. Uh, Co- uh, Michael Cooper with the Cooper loop. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kareem with the sky hook. James Worthy, big game James. Big shot Bob hitting those uh, hitting those uh, last second threes to sink Sacramento, Sacramento Kings and whatnot and save uh, save the series. Yep. Plays like that, and I mean in the big moments. That's what the Lakers are all about. I mean, there's only and this is the most these are this is the most storied franchise possibly right next to the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Yankees in all of professional sports, and then you can throw Boston in there too. Yep. Between Magic Johnson and uh, Larry Bird. They saved NBA basketball. So 
they're not going that the Lakers are not going to accept at least the fan base, the true fans. I'm not talking about the cast, but I'm talking about true fans are not going to accept LeBron James coming in on a max deal and then just falling apart and also setting the franchise back four to five years extra if things fall apart and Anthony Davis, let's just say he does uh, go to New York or go to Chicago or something like that where the, the Lakers are bare and I mean, when I say bear, they are really stuck. They're going to be in a real quandary. So they're going to have to, these next two years is going to set this uh, franchise up for the next 15 years. Yeah. Um, for me, man, to be honest, if LeBron doesn't win in LA, I will be very angry because I used to keep it 100. I used to criticize LeBron, like those, like those people that were undisputed and stuff like that. But I respect, I got respect. Showed me my respect when he came back down three one, and play in Los Angeles. And so you you have to produce, you don't produce championships. Ran out of LA. So for us as as fans, we have to. LeBron is a uh, great, great what he does, and he'll he'll get us to ring. I I, I promise you, he'll like for at least win one ring. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Because, see, I think the reason why I um, – and I remember telling you this before we got started. When you asked me on, I said, I'm always, I, need to, I need to be honest. No, because yeah. um, LeBron – yeah, because Le, LeBron James – LeBron James is in a peculiar spot right, spot right now because he's going into his 17th year in the league. Mm-hmm. He's obviously the most powerful and influential – player in the NBA right now and maybe in history. We just saw what happened with the Rich Paul rule and that NCAA criteria. That's how powerful this guy is. But Can you explain to what that Rich Paul rule was about? Yes. Uh, NCAA criteria at the time was um, you had all NBA agents had to have a uh, college degree. They were just changing some things down, a lot of fees. You got to take some tests. And you had to pay annual fees to be an agent to represent future college players. As we know, Rich Paul is not a um, is, does not have a college degree, even though he does uh, he does have an honorary degree with Cleveland State. I don't know if that counts or whatever, but he does have an honorary degree. But he does not have a degree. But obviously, it looks fishy because. Rich Paul is probably the most powerful and right now most decorated agent in the NBA. I mean, look who he's representing. And it, it listen, it ain't because LeBron James, he's LeBron James's friend. He just signed Draymond Green to $100 million. He get, he signed uh, Ben Simmons to $170 million uh, deal. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, $70 million. The list goes on and on. So this guy has a cachet of superstars that he represents. So obviously this guy is very, very intelligent. He knows how to handle his business. And you could just throw Anthony Davis in the business. He's gonna get a he's gonna get a two he's gonna get a um he's gonna get a max deal as well. So the money that he is taking care of that he is um taking care of in the NBA is undisputed. Mm-hmm. So what happened was with him representing Darius Basley 
got him that one year, got him that um, got him that one million dollar uh, internship with the uh, with incentives up to fourteen million dollars with New Balance. He set a precedent, and this is what the, this is. This is the key. He set a precedent for future basketball for um, future blue chip uh, high school players. They don't have to go to college. They don't have to deal with the one and done. They don't have to deal with um, the argument of I should be paid to play basketball so they can forego that. There's a different, not only can they go to overseas now, they can have internships. So he found a precedent for future NCAA player, for, for future high school players that want to either A, want to skip college altogether. And guess what? After the internship is over for that one year, what do you do? You go into the NBA draft. That would cost. Let's let, let's just say Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and uh, Cam Reddish was under Rich Paul, and they they just said, "Look here, we're going to just stay out. We're going to train. We're going to intern at uh, let's just say Nike or something like that." For example, look at amount the amount of money that would be lost by the NCAA. We're talking billions. We're talking billions. And that's just that pad. That's we're just talking about last year. I mean, Duke, Duke's um television ratings were for the most part higher than the entire NBA ratings. Mm-hmm. So look at all of the potential money, not just from that situation. We're talking about future monies that could be lost by the NCAA. So what do they do? They try to they try to um they try to um put up this rule with all of these with all of these um things that you have to do which includes finances paying a lot of money to uh to pay for the uh, pay for the um the testing and everything with all that stuff so basically you're out you're you're trying to price out future rich pauls and that's what the rich paul thing is and it didn't work because with lebron james and his 43 million followers you put that out is a PR nightmare for NC for the NCAA. Think of it this way: LeBron James has forty three million followers. That's just him by himself. ESPN has thirty nine million. So the man has more four about four million more followers than the worldwide leader of sports. That's power. That's just Twitter. We ain't even got the Instagram. But is that true though? Like a lot of these athletes will tweet their stuff out from, or do, do a lot of these athletes have their own individual? Uh, say again, I didn't hear you. Uh, I said, do a lot of these athletes really be on Twitter, or do they have like a representative tweet their stuff out from, post their stuff to promote their Twitter stuff, or do they do their Twitter by themselves? Uh, funny you would ask about that because we were talk- I was at the NABJ, NA uh, National Association of Black Journalists Conference, and um in Miami, Florida. And I was talking to uh, a John Miller, a uh, senior editor of uh, ESPN, the undefeated. We had the same conversation. Um, when they have these, um, I mean, some do, they, they have their, their, they have people to filter what is out on social media. So, you know, they have, he has a group of people that says, Hey, we're going to take a look at what you got to say, what you got on your mind or whatever the case may be. And um, go ahead and um, tweet your stuff. I'm not sure about everybody. 
But according to John Miller in our conversation, which makes a lot of sense to me because you don't want to, you know, because I mean, you don't want to have emotional tweets that will get you in yeah. trouble. That get you that'll, that'll bite you down the line. So I'm assuming that he's absolutely right that they do have people that actually that actually uh, monitor what he says and controls the narrative of what he wants to get uh, of the message that he wants to get across. Because I think what really irritates a lot of fans, in a sense, is that LeBron James likes to control the narrative, the narrative and the message of what he wants to get get out. I mean, the David Griffin thing was a perfect example. But for me, um, do, do you think LeBron is hearing all the noise that Skip Bayless is talking about him and everybody in, in the social media world? Does he see that or does he the grapevine? Oh, I believe he knows. See, he's too powerful not to know. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and and also, and you got to understand something, like he's the face of the league. And I don't mm-hmm. look at things like, wait, hey, you, you just turn on the television and you look at the basketball game. There's more to it than that. There's billions. Of, there's, this is a billion dollar business. Yeah, yeah. Thirty franchises, and let's just say that money got lost last year. Okay, got LeBron. Yes, money got lost when he went out. I mean, there's no, there's a reason why they changed the scheduling. They're trying to make LeBron get better, not get better. Stay, stay healthy so he can be in the playoffs. To be honest, I barely watched the playoffs. I already know. I thought Golden State was going to win, but Toronto won it. Congrats to you. But for me, LeBron, like you said, powerful, man. Very powerful. Um, do you think LeBron would uh, like talk back to Skip Bayless and stuff at the Lakers won championship this year? No, he won't. He won't. And I, you got to understand something else, too, because I've been in the media for 25 years. Uh, television, radio, uh, print, uh, doing this, what I'm doing now, content creation business. The media knows LeBron and the Lakers bring eyes to the television sets Mm -hmm. um, ears to the radio Mm -hmm. to podcasts I mean you may be a fan but there's plenty of others there's plenty of others that just know that they want to write for the Lakers and a lot of times that a lot of the um, narratives that they put out on social media I mean you've seen them you say these wild things like uh, who's the GOAT and who's the best player. Is it Michael Jordan or LeBron or is it Kobe or LeBron or whatever the case may be because the man commands that much attention. Yeah, he does. When the whole Anthony Davis trade rumors were going around, like in the news every day, the thing about Magic Johnson, the Rob Palenka thing. To be honest, that whole situation, I feel like they in-house and had Magic Johnson Rob yeah, and you know something? I think Magic Johnson kind of got a bad rap in a sense because um, we don't know. Because to be totally honest, when the trade deadline went through, I knew the man wasn't going anywhere. Okay, that's to be clear on that. I knew that from the gate. Um, I talked to, I had an insider down in New Orleans. We collaborated on a, on a, on some on some things. And he told me, listen, he ain't going anywhere. Don't even worry about it. It may have come from it might have came from uh, Dale Dempsey's side. We don't we don't know. I mean, the thing is, we'll never as fans, we'll never really know what's going on behind the scenes unless you mm-hmm. unless you are there, in a sense. 
But I think Magic Johnson's got a bad rap as being at being president of basketball operations. Because you got to understand something. When that man showed up and said, I'll take over, number one, he said this, I'm not going to be there every day. He said, I'll come in. I will help you out. I'll be president of basketball operations. But I'm not going to do this every single day. I'm not going to be there. He said that on tape. On Spectrum. He said that in, in LA Spectrum News. He said, I'm not going to be here every day. I'm a businessman. He is. He's a billionaire. He got plenty of businesses all over the world. So we know he's not going to be in businesses to run. But in between all of that, the uh, Lakers were salary cap was a mess. You had Timothy Mozgov on the uh, on the uh, on the books. You had Luol Deng on the books, and you had a whole bunch of bad contracts. The man got rid of all of them. You can't sign LeBron James when you're over the salary cap. And you ain't got no chance to move Lou Aldang or Timothy Mozgov. You're not going to get Anthony Davis if if he doesn't clear out these contracts. So that's what gets looked over in all that. People get caught up in the Anthony Davis saga. Guess what? Anthony Davis still got here. Yeah, that's true. But you got to clear those books first. The man put the groundwork in and he put the dirty work in to set up the foundation for what you have right now to have your two superstars that's all he said he was gonna do he said listen i'm gonna get in here we're gonna get you two superstars he did that so what's the problem i mean are there things that he did not know that he made some missteps on with this quote-unquote tampering and whatever the case may be sure but who doesn't tamper a lot of times i mean one of the major criticisms of mitch kupchak before he got fired was he needs to catch up with because he he did things by the book he wouldn't wait till 1201 when free agency started while the other teams started early. That was one of the criticisms. So you're gonna if it's so as for Laker fans, you're gonna have to pick a side. Do you want this man to do you want um to go by the rules like Mitch Kupchak did and miss out on all those free agents that were missed that you missed out on? Carmelo Anthony back in the day, Lamarcus Aldrich and, and others? Or do you want you want uh, um I, I want to use a NASCAR term. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I mean, the man got those got your star, got you your stars. Some of these people really need to back up off from a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. I bashed him because he went on the air, told about the whole rock liquor thing, saying he was in the office. And what you said was was valid and a great point, man. Um, for for like for, for Magic Johnson, um. Why did he didn't tell Genie he was leaving? How can we step down? You know what I mean? Like, it could have been like, hey, Genie, I'm down. They can do instead of just doing it right there. And he can be blindsided. And why didn't she he could tell me? You know what I mean? Honestly, that's something you're going to ask Magic Johnson. Ask, ask Magic Johnson the man. I don't know. I All I remember is one, it was game 82, and those games are late. So. With me being on the East Coast, I I usually lay down, relax, chill out because I have to watch the game and do the post game. All I remember is my mom calling, "Hey, he he, he on the fight, Magic Magic get ready, he he quitting, he resigned." And I'm going, "What?" And go to NBA TV and he's talking about this, but I take him at face value, and he said he probably said he didn't want Jenny Bus to, he didn't want Jenny Bus to uh, talk him out of it. Maybe he was tired, you know something, and everything he said on first take, I believe. Him. I mean, why did why does he have to lie? 
I mean, the guy, the, the guy, the guy makes more money last month than he did in his salary to, with with the LA Lakers being president of basketball operations. That is, if he even took the money. So I believe that you know something. This is what he wanted. He got frustrated. He woke up one morning. I mean, the dude he said he just turned sixty years old. When you're at that yeah. age, when you get to be that age, you ain't trying to stress yourself out over no over no unnecessary stuff. He said, "I want to go back to living my life." Guess what he's doing? He's going back to living his life. Because mm-hmm. I remember, because I, I remember. Uh... Ben Simmons wanted to work out with Magic Johnson, and Magic Johnson was willing to do it, but the NBA stepped in, had a little tampering issues. Like Magic Johnson basically stepped down so he could start working out with players. True, even though he uh, tried to recruit Kawhi Leonard, and a lot of people said that the Magic Johnson talking about what happened in the Kawhi meeting that was back all of it. Well, Kawhi's in his mind was going to Clippers all the time, the whole entire time it was. Yes, and I remember telling somebody this because I mean, first things first. Anybody that said they knew what Kawhi Leonard was going to do mm-hmm. was lying because didn't nobody know. Now, mm-hmm. God bless. Look, you got to give ESPN a ton of credit because I, I mean, I, I saw uh, a lot of uh, things compared the comparisons of um, ESPN and. I'm not gonna mention any names on uh on, on here and whatnot, but uh out of respect. But uh some members of Fox Sports One. And they had these percentages of hey man, he going, he leaning toward the Lakers, Clippers third, Toronto, whatever the case may be. Now Jalen Rose, God bless him, said 99% Toronto. And what people used to ask me this all the time. But I just broke it down like this. If he stays in Toronto. Them taxes ain't no joke. You paying two sets of taxes. You paying American taxes and you paying Canadian taxes. Now, if he wants to run it back, fine. But that was a problem. I knew that that, that had a lot to do with it. And the man just wanted to go home. Okay, that's just let's just be clear on this. But I knew one thing. If he wanted to get a quick title, he wanted to he wanted to rest his body, you know what I'm saying? And and add two, three years that he lost in San Antonio, getting his body back together. While winning three full shot uh, championships in a row, you go to the Lakers. But with the Clippers, you got Steve Ballmer and you got Jerry West. These are businessmen. Yeah. It, listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care what this this when it comes down to business. Mm. Those guys, Jerry West is the probably the, the greatest executive alive. And the only one that's close to sticking with him is Red R back, and he passed on. Those two executives, they're the best in the business. And Bob Myers is number three on my list. Yeah. yeah. For me, I look at it like he didn't want to play with LeBron. And I know he uh, hit the Clippers over Lakers. Now, now it's a. "Quote unquote rivalry." Clipper Daryl said, "Rivalry between that Clipper Lakers is not rivalry because we the playoffs until they beat us in the playoffs. So we beat them. We're fighting physicality until then. They're not, it's not a rival to me yet." No, no, they're not. No, they're not. But you know something, Kawhi Leonard did the NBA a favor. Mm-hmm. 
LA has now taken over as the mecca of basketball. Everybody should be happy. I mean, to be if you're a basketball fan, and I'm a basketball fan, I'm not no Lakers fan, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ever talk with rose colored glasses. But for basketball and for the business of basketball, you have to enjoy. This is this is great. You get to see two great players on the Clippers side in LA, and then you get to see two uh, great players with the Lakers, same building, and they got and they're the top two contenders in Vegas for winning the world title. I mean, they took a, they took them they took over from from New York as the mecca of basketball. This is great. Now competition is back in the NBA. It, of I know the teaming up and everything and these super teams and whatnot. But did you really enjoy watching Golden State beat the brakes off of everybody every single year? No, it was predictable. It was too predictable. Now everybody is saying the same thing. Oh Lord, I can't wait till October. Can't October just get here soon enough? You hadn't heard that in years. And Kawhi brought that back. And Paul George, and, and listen, to be totally honest with you, LeBron James got some power, but now you go, you're starting to see some like mafia-type power with Kawhi Leonard too because the shock was not getting Kawhi Leonard into a Clippers uniform. It was the trade for Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder was what the shock was for everybody. The shock raised around the NBA. But right now, it's just one. This is a wonderful thing. And listen, let Clipper Daryl enjoy his moment. Because you know something? If you've been a fan for 15, if you were, if you were a fan back in the days of Ron Harper, Mark, when Mark Jack, when um, when um, Doc Rivers was the point guard of the um of the LA Clippers back then, if you were a fan back then, let the Clipper fans be excited. Okay. But I tell you this. If they win this year and they start winning and they get two or three in a row, and that's possible because the way Jerry West does it, he always has a has a plan four or five years uh, ahead of making moves, and you know he's not going to change. He's not going to he's not going to um, stop making moves, and they still got a roster spot. The Lakers want Iguodala, but so do the Clippers. So if they pull, if they keep making moves and they keep getting these veteran players and they keep building their franchise for the future while they're winning, because they got to keep Kawhi and uh, Paul George happy, two or three, we got a we got we got a ball game here because you can't hey you can't get the sixteen without getting your first. Yeah, I totally agree. I always tell Clipper Daryl, uh, win championships, then be in the conversation. You can praise about being, having these players, these Kawhi's, the Paul George, yourself, the Williams. If you don't produce, then it's going to be a waste of time. For me, Laker team, like I keep saying, championship or bust for me, man. If don't win this year, it's going to be complete failure. The NC Davis thing will come this year will be complete failure because we threw everything at think to New Orleans. Like you said, Lonzo Ball, Brandon, Josh Hart, Hicks. And we, like you said, man, we were taking a gamble, or a big gamble. You know what I mean? We did it with Dwight Howard. It didn't work out. So speaking of Dwight Howard, um, you think the Lakers are going to sign Dwight Howard? Jonathan, I'm going to be really, really honest with you. I have no clue, but I will say this. Dwight Howard is the best option for the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one, he's the best. He's the most athletic guy that, that on that bunch. 
You're not going to get Joakim Noah. And if he does, I will be in a complete state of shock. And here's why. Joakim Noah was in New York, right? Didn't work out in New York, right? Yeah. Who was there? Was Kurt Rambis the associate head coach in New York at the time under Jeff Hornacek? Yes, he was. Who was the, who was the president that gave him that four-year, $72 million Albatross contract? Phil Jackson, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, Phil Jackson. They just, happen, they just happen to be in the front office now, right? Yes. So I don't see it. So does that make any sense for Joakim Noah to come to an L.A. uniform the way he blew up the place up in New York? No, it'd be very bad at vibes and very bad at chemistry. Absolutely, and that's and, and it would be worse than the than the Dwight Howard thing. Now let, let let me preface this: I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly understand why Laker fans are angry, and I mean they are they are very upset with this dude. I wrote an article about him, and I had to be very, very clear on the nice thing on the nice things what he could bring to the Lakers. I had to be very clear because I, I mean it was something that. Really, or it just gets under your know, Laker fans' crawl. Look at it this way sign him to a one year deal, unguaranteed. You don't have to give him a guaranteed deal. Michael Beasley, uh, former Laker last year, he's in Detroit right now, right? One year, $2.6 million, but it's non guaranteed. Give Dwight Howard a non guaranteed contract, he'll sign it. You want to know why? Because don't nobody else want it. This is the last chance for romance for Dwight Howard in the National Basketball Association. He done burned enough bridges and he knows it. And he has a chance to win a title. And he can actually help out this organization. You tell him this. You sit him down and you say, hey, this is your last chance. We saw how it happened last night. We're willing to let bygones be bygones. You're going to back up JaVale McGee. You're going to back him up. Your job is to rim protect. Your job is to help Anthony Davis on the on the weak side defense blocking shots. You run the floor. You run out and you're on the pick and roll. You're the lob guy for the slam dunks. You're gonna have plenty of chances to do it because LeBron James is gonna have a double, is gonna um, command a double team, and Anthony Davis is gonna command a double team. Plus, you're gonna take the pounding after JaVale sits down so Anthony Davis can uh does not have to deal with all that extra uh, wear and tear during the season. That is your job. Are you cool with that? He's going to say yes because that's all they because he always says yes. Then guess what? It's non guaranteed. So as soon as he starts acting up, what do you do? Drop him. Cut him. You drop him. Drop. You ain't got to pay him a dime. Okay. Let's go to December fifteenth. You can hold him there. December fifteenth. He's a great trade sweetener. In other words, you need something to make the salaries work. You throw his contract in there. You trade him because you know any team that wants to uh, cut bait uh, wants to cut bait. Go ahead and um, they'll, they'll they'll wave him. He's out of the league. But if he's motivated and he's scared to death that he doesn't want to leave L.A., maybe he plays well. And if he does play well, you can get it. You, you can get about he can win about ten to maybe fifteen games for you. Based off of the energy and the athletic ability of running their opposing center to death. Yeah, Dwight Howard would be really great on the Lakers. He plays too much. He laughs too much. Why get he plays too much? Remember how Kobe called him soft? Yes. Um, do you think it was his game that was soft or his mindset at the time? We got to understand something. Kobe Bryant is a killer. 
that, I mean, that, let, let's, let's just under that's, that that's personality. And listen, you're going. He's going into a different situation. I don't understand why everybody believes that Dwight Howard is going to have the same situation he had back in 2012, 2013. See, he was supposed to be the face the face of the franchise. He was supposed to take it over when Kobe Bryant re- retired. He's not capable of doing that. He couldn't do it in Orlando. He couldn't do it in L.A. He couldn't do it in Houston, Charlotte, Atlanta. Brooklyn didn't even want to deal with him, and he and, and Memphis is not going to deal with him. My point, and, and in Washington, he is now a, he is now the sixth or seventh option. He is a stop plug guy. You pay him. You, he's going to play ten to fifteen minutes, twenty minutes tops. Plus, you got veterans. That's gonna say, hey, we ain't dealing with all that. And these are things that you talk about in the uh, in the pregame meeting before you sign, uh, in the uh, before you sign him. We talk about all that stuff. You could have LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the meet, in the meeting with you, and say, this is your last chance. This is what you're gonna do. Do you want to do it or not? Simple and basic. Now I'm gonna be clear because I keep seeing, I keep hearing you know, Laker fans say the same thing over and again. We want Kenneth Fareed. Why? Kenneth Farid is 6'8. He does not defend very well. If he didn't, if he defended well, Denver wouldn't have been ready. He wouldn't have been the 15th man on the Denver bench. When they traded him to Brooklyn, he wouldn't have been the 15th guy on the Den on the uh, Brooklyn bench. And then they say, well, he scored, he scored, he did well in the in the Mike D'Antoni system. Donathan, you and I can score about five or six points in a uh, Mike D'Antoni system. We ain't got to play defense. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So you're gonna your your pass your your stats are going to be padded. And you ever notice something? Houston didn't pick him up. You don't see the red flags there. So Dwight Howard is the guy. I mean, look, he's seven, he's six, six ten, six eleven. He's still athletic. He's not muscle bound like he used to be. For some reason, he's skinny. And but guess what? Everybody talks about Kawhi Leonard not uh only playing nine games prior uh to this season. Guess what? He played nine games. He had back surgery. Dealt with that pectoral, that uh, that gluteus um muscle, or whatever the case may be. And and we got to remember something else too. When he played with the Lakers, okay, Kobe called him soft, but he led the league in in uh rebounding. Can't be soft leading the re- league in rebounding. Yeah, Dwight so, so Howard. Like I say on my YouTube videos, man, on my podcast, Dwight so Howard's the best option. He brings, he brings, uh, not, he brings like, um, grit, grind, in my opinion. Love it. I love when he, uh, blocks shots. And that's what we need to win a championship this year. Rebounding, blocking shots. You know what I mean? So, for me, like you said, I agree with you on the non guarantee contract. But let me throw a name out there that I've been just trying to, I've been researching. What about Zach Randolph? Zebo? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Too long. He's been out of the league too long. He's been out the league too long, and this. He's been out the league too long. He's been out the league too long, and you got and look, just because he got cut. Now look, he been he he didn't play at all in Sacramento. Now he was under contract, but they sent him home. Then they traded him to Dallas. He never put on a uniform, so right now his contract he's just a cardboard box in a sense. He just got, he's just a contract in the in the computer system. Just because he's still in the league under contract, they just own his rights. My thing with uh, Zebo is this: You remember when he was in Memphis and they had to they had to change the game, the grind, the, um, the grit and grind um, system that they have. He's a low post player. 
But right now, the today's NBA doesn't fit for him. And you got to understand something else. If he's down in a low post, it messes up the lanes for uh, LeBron James. It just doesn't fit. Now, I ain't going to lie. I'm a, I'm a Zebo fan. I love, I love me some Zach Randolph. Tough dude. Love that guy. But he's been out the league too long, and it just it just doesn't fit. Yeah. It, here's the thing about the legacy. I heard on something today, Ramar Stubborn said the legacy can take time the free agents. And if we should sign Dwight mid or let's say, wait for Iguodala, I'm going to for it. So right now we have a Messiah for a senior. But Ron, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Give out your social media message to follow you. Okay. Uh, at sports s s p o r t world order uh you can email me at ronaldagers at yahoo.com i um i always answer uh, anyone's questions uh sport um, on twitter uh, i'll say it again at s p s p o r t world order i answer everything y'all may you may have seen my tweets a lot um and look for my work for uh, lakeshowlife.com i always write stuff like that I've um, recently um, expanded my NBA coverage to uh, on fansided.com to hoopshabit.com. I haven't written anything yet, but I'm getting my stuff into my computer system. So um, I'll be writing for a couple of sites under fansided.com this NBA season. One for the Lakers and various uh, stories around the NBA. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Talk to you. All right. Thanks, man.